0: Five, four, three, two, one, lift off. We have a liftoff.
1: Here we go.
0: It's game time.
1: Base here. The Eagle has landed. Welcome to Sports and More, where almost anything goes. Coming to you from the marsh just outside of Edmonton, Alberta. Here's your host, Dean Millard. That's one small
0: step for man, one giant leap for man. Nice to be in orbit.
1: I mean, I'll never forget seeing Wayne Gretzky and I'm kind of going off on a tangent. At the old building, they had a <laughs> they had a strip bar across the street. Yeah. The Forum, yeah. Uh, the, the hotel there. And I, I remember they had acquired Mike Krušelniski from Boston. It was training camp. Nowadays, as you know, Dean, you go to a morning skate and people are tweeting out the lines. That's Everybody right. knows who's playing with who. So Wayne was there and I ended up beside him at the bar and I haven't told him this story because I see him now more mm. around the others. I said, Wayne, listen, He I'm in a hockey pool coming up said, do you think Crucial Nisky is going to play on your line? Or like, what do you think? How old were you, do you think? I would have been around 18, 19. Okay. You know, and uh, and I said, you know, I, I want to take him, but I'm not sure. And he goes, no, no, he's going to be on my line. I said, okay.
0: Do you imagine, so, imagine having that information and yeah, tweeting it out now?
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Now it would have been all over. in a strip club just told yeah. me that uh, <laughs> going to be on his live. By the way, we had our backs to the stage. That's just right. So you yes, know. That's We were right. at the bar facing the other way yes. towards the bartender. Good, good. And uh, I said, okay. And so then we had our draft and I kind of waited because I didn't want to take them right away. There were some other, back then, Guys are getting 150, 60, 40
0: points. You know, Howard Chuck is there. Yeah, know, lots there's of lots kind of, of
1: players, but I took him a little bit later, not too late, and he ended up winning me the pool. Because uh, if I remember correctly, Mike had like 88 points that year.
0: <laughs> a great story. Gene Principe on Wayne Gretzky Strip Clubs and Hockey Pool Advice. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome uh, to Sports and More. Episode 31 featuring Gene Principe, where almost anything goes. And yes, we've got the video set up, so hopefully everything goes well with that. Gene Principe from Rogers Sportsnet is going to be joining me on the show. That's the chair he will be in right there for those of you watching on our YouTube channel. Gene can be found on Twitter at Gene Principe. So we'll get to a conversation, a really fun one and entertaining one in, uh, just a little bit with, uh, Jean, but, uh, want to tell you about podcast alley right now at podcast alley, Ari Shapiro appears on the prospects baseball show with myself and Jordan Blondell as we celebrate Larry Walker, getting into the baseball hall of fame. We also play the little pepper, some rapid fire questions with Ari. He can be found at ari shapiro.ca. Jill Pollard is on the most recent episode of the Cannabis One Hundred One podcast. That is until later tonight when another episode comes out. Uh, Jill Pollard from the Herb Life, really good conversation with her about uh, gender in the cannabis industry. And Raylin Dane of Sundial will join me later today on an episode. Uh, you can also check out One Hitters with Raylin Dane as well, and One Timers with Gene Principe will come out later this week all of that can be found at podcast alley and you're also uh, could be listening to us on 12 ounce sports thank you very much for that live radio and tv they've got hockey lacrosse basketball futsal it can be all found at www.12ouncesportsradio.com you can get in touch with me at duckmillard on twitter You can also get us uh, at our website at sportsandmore.ca. And if you'd like to email me, it's sportsandmorepod at gmail.com. Stay tuned later for the Acme Meat Market uh, trivia giveaway. You can get a gift card from Acme Meat Market. That is what up, is what up for is what is up for grabs. <laughs> Easy for me to say. Uh, go to their website, say or go to their shop rather and say hi to Corey, Amanda, their wonderful staff in the Richie Market in Edmonton. It's at 9570 76th Avenue. And check out their website, Acme So your hint for the interview with Jean Principé. And to win that gift card uh, from Acme Meat Market, your hint is catchphrases. Think of catchphrases that sportscasters sometimes use. That is your hint. Let's get to know Gene prince Bay a little bit more with the bio. Time for the bio. Gene Principe was born in Edmonton, Alberta, and lived on the north side until his family moved to Italy when he was two. They moved back a year later, and Gene grew up an Edmontonian, graduating from St. Joseph High School and taking the broadcast course at Nate. A practicum in Kamloops led to his first job in Grand Prairie as both reporter and cameraman for just over a year. Three years in Lethbridge were followed by three more in Winnipeg, three in Toronto, and three more back at Edmonton with A Channel before he joined Sportsnet, where he's been the host of Oilers hockey for 19 years. Gene and his wife Karen have three children. Gene Prince Pay in studio with me at uh, Podcast Alley. And uh, Eugene, as my brother, we used yeah, to call you. He's uh, about
1: the only guy that's still, other than guys that i grew up with okay you know they, they they always call me that that's what they know me as uh, but he's the only guy i kind of met uh you know post uh twenty, twenty two, twenty three. 23 i think i was 25 when i met your brother and he started working uh alongside me or me alongside him back at uh, Candy uh-huh. in winnipeg but he still calls me that I to know. this day
0: yeah and that's a long time ago you're that's uh, like twenty five years ago. He will uh, when we talk or whatever. Yeah. He'll be like, say, so when he talks about you, he'll be like, "How's Eugene?" Yeah, or whatever. I know. And I'm like, yeah, I, that's the way. He, I think this is the, the first, first time I've actually maybe ever called. I was always kind of uh, didn't think I should call yeah. you, Eugene, but I well, thought I'd take what? a chance today. It's
1: it's, uh, it's the the full name is Eugenio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in in the Italian culture and maybe many European cultures, the firstborn boy ends up being called his grandfather's name or his no-no's oh, okay. name. So for example, my son is named after my dad. Even though my sister had kids and a boy, right. it's up to us to have the first name and then the last name That's carries over too. pressure on the- Yeah. Uh... I remember when my son was born, first of all, my wife was felt pressure, have a boy and get, get it named. <laughs> get it right? out of the way. Right. Get out of the way. And then I remember my, I'll never forget, my dad said, he goes, I can die now. You know, and really? that, that yeah. means that much yeah. in that culture. Oh right? yeah, it is. And now for me, I don't, I don't, it's okay that, you know, the, I mean, listen, I'd be honored if they did, but I don't want to kind of put that burden or, right. or pressure, uh, on them. I have told them they have to be Italian names, That's right. but they don't have to be my Italian name. So it can't be Frank. Can't be. I mean, if you're gonna call him Frank, you call him Franco. You call him Francesco. I mean, people. Oh, Francesco. There right, you go. Right. So that's yeah. that's
0: you know like you my can get dad. around to Yeah, you, can, it you can work around you it. I mean, it to Frank, if you really wanted to.
1: You know, having said that, I, I it's always weird to me when someone gives a child a name and they're not even out of diapers and they're calling them by their <laughs> short name. Them, yeah. I'm thinking, well, why don't you just give them that name if that's what you're gonna call them? But anyways, yeah. So that's uh, that's the history of my name, and ironically, my father has an older brother and. And he named his son Eugenio after my oh, no okay. so there's there's two of us.
0: Oh, excellent. Yeah. So you are universally known as the nicest guy yeah. in media. So <laughs> let's clear things up. Do you ever get mad? Like when was the last uh, time you got mad about something?
1: Well, you know, it's it's ironic that in the last few days, my wife and daughter have been to an Euler game, and then they were somewhere else out and... and a couple of people said, "Oh, your husband! Oh, your father! He's such a nice guy. He's such a he gave me time here." And and then my wife looks at me and goes, "Really? They think you're that nice? <laughs> Is that possible?" I I do have that uh, unofficial, very unofficial title. Um,
0: I I think uh, if we tried, we could uh, make it official.
1: I, I mean, I, I, I consider myself to be a pretty nice guy. Um, you know, sometimes my kids over the over the decades have have tested my patience. Um, but as I always say to my, my family, I said, you know, you are, um, you are most comfortable with those around you, your wife, your kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and so sometimes, you know, you wouldn't get upset at a a stranger about something, but you might get upset at your wife because she locked you out of the house or, you know, whatever the case might be. So, uh, you know, my mom was, is, is, was a very kind person and, uh. Um, you know, again, not to, but when she passed, so many people said nice things about her Mm -hmm. that I believed, not just told because she she passed, passed, right. And I kind of took after her, um, you know, I, 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 there's, there's so much, I don't know, bad in the world, uh, yeah. some really bad, some not so bad, but yeah, try and be kind. And, I, and now it's up to me to show my kids too, right? So I was taught a certain way. Now I try and show them.
0: You know, it's so funny. It's so true. And you know, I talk to my therapist all the time about uh, Trish is the only one that sees the real me. And mm. and sometimes that's a really bad me mm. because of um, some of my mental health issues. But it's so true. You are most comfortable around the people you care about the most and you show your real self around them. That's right. I still think you are probably considered one of the nicest guys, even <laughs> at home. And and it's funny, I had Ryan Rashog on this show and I asked him about him and Dave Parker. He said they had one disagreement in their, their whole career. You've worked with Corey Blaschel mm-hmm. for a long time yeah. and, and I'm not saying Corey, isn't a nice guy, but yeah. he's a little bit opposite of you. He's yeah. very blunt. If yes. he doesn't like what uh, oh, he yeah, says, yeah, he yeah. tells you. I, I can only imagine the patience you have had, and <laughs> I'm not trying to bash on Corey, I'm just saying you seem to be we a bit are, of a
1: saint. We are opposites and we do attract though, because as he always says, I'm the bad cop. I'm, and you know, I'm the good cop. He's the bad cop. Yeah. You know, he's got a heart, uh, he, made he of He really does. He really does. He's got a bit of a sandpaper exterior. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, that's just who he is. And he says some things. I like, go, oh, I can't believe he said that, <laughs> but he gets some stuff accomplished. I go, I can't believe he accomplished that right. because of his personality. Yeah. Um, he is unlike any cameraman I've ever met and I've worked with lots of them because he'll go up to like, we'll go into dressing rooms and he'll just start talking to players, you know, things that I don't do. And I see a lot of media Mm -hmm. people don't do and he, but he's, he's not necessarily talking about the game. He might be talking about trucks. He might be talking about lake lots. He might be talking about anything. And, uh, so he has helped me out a lot in, in, in my career, uh, as we approach 19 years as a tandem. Wow it's been incredible because for a long time I worked with lots of different cameramen, which was okay too. But, Mm. uh, and we've never really had a couple times I got a couple, you know, times I got a little bit, not even upset with him, but he just would, would needle me about something. But I mean, honestly, we've had a pretty smooth ride for, you know, almost 19 years in a time where there's so much change that we've been able to kind of, stick together. And I guess Sportsnet must think the two of us work well or okay together because they've, they've kept us together for this long.
0: So w- was your first, um, sentence or words, was it a pun? Like <laughs> when you first talked, do you remember your parents saying, oh, uh, you, you made a pun about yeah. the meal because you are famous yeah. for puns and I, yeah. I love them.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I know, You know, it started, uh, uh, six after the Stanley cup run to game seven and the Oilers lost. And that next year was a really tough year. Chris Pronger was traded and, uh, the team just went the opposite way. And I, I'm a born and raised oiler fan. And I, I just found myself like, I'm, I'm the first impression of every game, uh, whether you like it or not, I'm Mm -hmm. the first guy you see. I'm generally the first one that talks. And so I, I set the tone, for lack of a better term. And I just found myself, you know, there were just an abundance of negative numbers regarding Edmonton, whether it would be power player, penalty killer, losing streak, or goals against. Look, they won two out of their last 20 games. You're not going to find a lot of positive numbers. But I just The beginning of the decade
0: of darkness. Yeah,
1: that's right. It was, you're right. And so I kind of thought, okay, let's let's take a different approach. People come home from work. They maybe have had a good day, but maybe they've had a bad day and they, they turn on the TV to... To be entertained to have some fun to enjoy themselves so that's kind of where it where it started and then it just sort of grew from there and you know thankfully i've had uh, numerous producers that have given me uh lots of latitude and that includes my sportsnet bosses you know i get called into the quote-unquote office every once in a while especially times have changed about what you can do on tv what you can sure. do anywhere yeah uh, what you could do a year ago you might not be able to do now and so, but they've always given me a lot of creative license uh, to to just have a few laughs. You know, I th- I think more people like it than not. But I would be kidding myself if I think there's well. a fair amount of people that don't. But they're still watched to see. You know, I I think one of the things that I've always tried to do is is to have fun, uh, make fun of myself. But I never try and make fun of somebody else. Somebody yeah. else. Somebody else's results. You know, I just. I, 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 that's not the kind of person I am. So that's not the kind of broadcaster I mm. would be
0: either. Well, I listen. As nice as guy as you are, uh, even you would have people that don't like you. I mean, uh, find me the person that everybody likes, yeah, and I'll right, I'll right. call that person an imposter. So, <laughs> but do you get? You, you must get lots of people coming up to you in public. You're very recognizable, and try a pun on you or give oh, you an yeah. idea. Do Do you like that? Both. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's hard sometimes. Someone will come up to you and go, "Give me a pun <laughs>
1: uh, on the spot." Uh, you know like uh, you know you might be at, That's
0: like going up to Connor mcdavid and say
1: show me a goal yeah right it was kind of like make a great move right now yeah you know so those are a little bit difficult because you, you know someone just walks up to you and you could be at the grocery store you might be putting you know gas in the car you might be at a kid's sporting event You're give just me like, a pun uh, about that
0: gas yeah, yeah. like
1: they'll just kind of so, and, and sometimes I'll respond. Sometimes I'll say, you know, I'm just saving them for, yeah, for yeah, the yeah. broadcast, but people certainly give them to me too. I mean, they'll, they'll fire them off to me, whether it's via social media or when they see me, they think, Hey, you know, I was thinking this mm-hmm. and fill in the blank. And you know what? A lot of them are really good. You know, people have great ideas. I, I kind of say about puns that anyone can do them. I just decided to do them yeah. and do them and do them and do them.
0: I, I, think, I think they're, they're great. I love how you started, started off with it. Um, I used to love how Ron McLean ended, uh, yeah. coach's corner. And uh, that,
1: that, that's, and that's. You know that would be i think you know it's funny because when you deal with some young people and they'll ron McLean will deliver a great pun and they'll say what's McLean taking gene prince stuff for right. and i'm thinking hang on you, yeah. you obviously are young and that's okay that's fine yeah but you may not realize that well ron actually is the guy that you know imitation yeah. is the finest form of flattery and so i would watch ron week after week uh, on hockey night in canada And his coach's corner and he would always finish i mean who wasn't Mm -hmm. hanging around a to hear what don said and b to hear how ron finished it Mm -hmm. and i just i always liked that and and then i just started doing it and and then started using props for stuff instead of just sort of
0: standing there
1: and, uh, yeah, uh, you know, it was kind incorporating of, it
0: was, people on the road, I guess you're bringing them in yeah, to help, and holding just, the mics. And you know stuff? what, yeah.
1: just, you know, using what you have around you at home, uh, It's one of the advantage of having three kids is we always had stuff in the house yeah. that you could kind of formulate and use and go, okay, this might be a bit of a stretch, but I can use this to put, make this point. So I try and still make the point of whatever it is I'm trying to get across, mm-hmm. but but with a pun, with a prop, with a little bit of lightheartedness instead of just looking straight in the camera, delivering a, a, you know, a newscast, we got enough bad news. Let's try and have a little bit of fun. And, you know, hopefully people like it.
0: It distinguishes yourself. And in, in this business, uh, you, you do have to do things, uh, you know, you, I don't think you should go over the line and, right. uh, just to make a point, but do, you do have to stand out. Listen, uh, I know as much as anybody about the cutbacks in this industry. You've yeah. got to be able to stand out and say, we need this guy.
1: Yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, that's, that's what, uh, you know, you, the intention wasn't, uh, to sort of find a niche. I felt like my, my sports casting was my niche, but then you kind of get angled towards that. And that's, you know, listen, if you are Alexander Ovechkin and what do people say about him? One time scores Mm -hmm. goals. You know, if you're Connor McDavid, you know, fast, incredibly, you, you get sort of these two or three labels or descriptions or adjectives. And Mm. you, you know, we end up with them in our, our real life. And in our, in my case, my broadcast life. So it's been great. Like, I really appreciate it. I find that when people like you, they'll come say hello and talk to you. When people don't, they'll kind of
0: give you a sneer, or they'll kind of no. They text you from an yeah. unnamed source or, that or a, a fake Twitter account. Well, That's what they do when yeah, they don't like you. Yeah, now, before yeah. before it was they would avoid you. Yeah. Now it's uh, keyboard warriors that can say anything You're when right. they don't have an identity.
1: And I and I what I love though, is honestly I, ever since the advent of social media and especially Twitter, I'll come back and I, I'd be lying if I say especially after certain openings I think well what you know what what's are the, people, reaction, what's the right? reaction right. And I'll look and one guy will say, oh, that was great. I really loved it. Fantastic. And the next I go, you're an idiot. I don't know what you're doing on TV. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, you know, as long as it's like that, I, I don't mind. Right. Cause we all mm. have our kind of personal opinions of, of what we like and what we don't like.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, you, uh, obviously get to, uh, travel, um, with the Edmonton Oilers and I'd imagine this year is a much yeah. different atmosphere. You yeah. know, I, I did the post game show for four years mm-hmm. when they were awful and you know people it didn't matter if if you said they played well but lost you were a homer uh yeah, and if they yeah, didn't yeah. play well and you called it out you're too negative it doesn't yeah. matter just so i can't imagine what the being around post game would have been like over the last while compared to this year
1: yeah it, it certainly was you know listen i grew up uh, on the north side of edmonton i remember i'll never forget once at the old arena god love him don whitman came downstairs from calling a playoff game Back then, no, I didn't have a lot of money, and we got into We kind of used to buy one ticket, but then the guy would come open an exit door, and then right, get yeah. in. Right we used
0: to do that at weekend games. <laughs> right, right.
1: So you know, I would get into the odd game, uh, but we certainly couldn't afford to buy two tickets to a playoff game. But I remember Don walking down from the catwalk at Rexall in his powder blue Hockey Night in Canada jacket. Mm-hmm. I thought, I honestly, I remember I was about fourteen, fifteen. I said, one day I want to wear one of those jackets because I just thought, oh, this is. This is incredible to, to see him and to just see what, what he's been able to accomplish. And, and, you know, hockey in this country, uh, curling is big, uh, football is big, soccer has its moments. I mean, there are some great sports, uh, rugby, lacrosse, but hockey is the one that I think we uh, uh, identify for the most part and are attached to the most. Right. And so it's, yeah, it, it's been fantastic uh, opportunity for me, especially to come home and work in my hometown. It's always something that I, that I wanted to do. It's, it's hard to kind of call your shot, like mm-hmm. a, like a player who wants to play and pick a city, uh, in any sport. I had John Tavares going back yeah, to Toronto. Right, right. Right. You know, I know we make fun of those, uh, you know, the pajamas, the maple leaf but pajamas, it's
0: true. you probably had oiler stuff I, had you, oiler I did stuff, when I was a you know, kid, I mean, jet stuff, I mean, things yeah, like that. I mean,
1: that's, that's what we are connected to. Right. I mean, I'll never forget seeing Wayne Gretzky and I'm kind of going off on a tangent at the old building, they had a, <laughs> they had a strip bar across the street, yeah. the forum, yeah. uh, the, the hotel there. And I, I remember they had acquired Mike crucial Nisky from Boston. It was training camp nowadays, as you know, Dean, you go to a morning skate and people are tweeting out the lines. That's Everybody right. knows who's playing with who. So Wayne was there and I ended up beside him at the bar and I haven't told him this story cause I see him now more mm. around the others. I said, Wayne, listen, he goes, I'm in a hockey pool coming up. I said, do you think crucial is going to play on your line or like what do you think? How old were you? Do you think? I would have been around 18, 19. Okay. You know, and, uh, and I said, you know, I, I want to take him, but I'm not sure. And he goes, no, no, he's going to be on my line. I said, okay.
0: <laughs> do you imagine, said, imagine you know, having that information and yeah, tweeting it out yeah, now? Yeah,
1: right. Exactly. Right. Now it would have been all Wayne Gretzky over. Gretzky in a strip club just told yeah. me that, uh, is going to be on his line. By the way, we had our backs to the stage. That's just right. Just so you yes, know, we were right. at the bar facing the other way yes. towards a bartender. Good, good. And, uh. I said, okay. And so then we had our draft and I kind of waited because I didn't want to take him right away. There were some other back then guys were getting 150, 60, 40 points. Yeah, Howard Chuck is there. Yeah. You know, lots there's of lots of out. players, but I took him a little bit later, not too late. And he ended up winning me the pool. Uh, cause I, if I remember correctly, Mike had like 88 points that year. Uh, coming from a Boston Bruins where he hadn't had that kind of success, mm-hmm. but, you know, throw him with Wayne Gretzky. And, uh, and you know, Wayne has been, you know, listen, I grew up in Edmonton and, uh, you know, Wayne is one of the great guys. What, one of the neat transitions for me was to go from a fan to a fan who happens to hold a microphone, who got to meet and talk to Wayne Gretzky and Paul mm-hmm. Coffey and Glenn Anderson and Grant Fuhrer and Kevin Lowe and Craig McTavish and Yari Curry and Essa Tikkanen and Charlie Huddy. And Bill Ranford and yeah. so on and so forth. So I always felt like I can't believe that the young me would end up being the old me standing beside these guys.
0: You know, Paul Coffey to me was Fonzie. He was the coolest guy. Mm. I always just felt like he could shoot a pocket of jukebox and start it or something <laughs> like that. Like he, yeah. and I, I told him that one time and he kind of looked at me, but I'm like, Dude, you just always yeah. seemed so calm, cool and collected out yeah. of all, of the, all those guys, yeah. he just seemed like he was the most, well, Grant Fuhrer was probably the most laid back, right. but Paul Coffey just seemed like he was so calm and cool. And
1: collected. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think one of the things I found out over the years, listen, that you know, Wayne was a leader and, and Mark was a leader and Kevin, there are lots of leaders mm-hmm. on that team, but I didn't realize how important a leader Paul was, uh, until years later when you hear, you know, the, the team comes through in the you know, 1984 reunion in 2014 or right. the heritage classic, when you start seeing some of these guys around and you start talking to them a, a bit more and you start talking to them off camera, just chatting about the old days. And, uh, Paul, first of all, I agree with you like the Fonz. I mean, he yeah. was cool. He was definitely cool. Uh, and he rode, he, he skated as fast as the Fonz was on his, on his motorcycle yeah. there. He was. Or his water
0: skis when he or jumped Or his the water skis. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah.
1: Right. Right. Good memory. Four o'clock, yeah. ran in
0: Manitoba every day. <laughs> I would was, come home from school and watch the clock. One yeah. o'clock, two o'clock, the My happy day, days Tuesday, logo. happy days. So, okay. So. As for this year's Oilers team, is there a guy like that, do you think, or right now that's maybe an understated leader on this team? Yeah, you know, I think
1: I was going to go with the cool factor, Darnell Nurse. Okay, that's a good one. So let's start with that. Sure. But I think he's, you know, again, we, we... you know, first of all, Mike Smith has been, I think, a great addition, not only as a goaltender, but as a leader. Mm -hmm. And I think you work your way around the room. I think Leon's got his leadership skills. Connor has his. I think Zach Cassian has his. Uh, And I I just think that Darnell's one of those guys that um, he's kind of a skilled guy, but really in the trenches too. You know, I think he can kind of this applies to not just him, but I, I think there's a respect factor for Darnell. And listen, he comes from an incredibly skilled, talented family. Certainly. And I think that there is some, some growth that he's had from his father playing in the CFL, from his sister playing for Canada's Olympic team, his uh, uncle, his in, the uncle NFL, Donald, in the NFL. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just, you know, listen, I learned how to make uh, sausage and super because my uncles and my dad, mm-hmm. I learned how to, what it's like to pour cement because of people around me.
0: I learned that I should stay at a jail because two of my uncles were jail guards and they told me what happened there. (laughs) Well, see, there you go. Right.
1: We learn from people. And sometimes I think people around us, sometimes I don't think we know what we've learned till later. And so I think Darnell to me would be sort of an understated, fiery, uh, composed, leader with lots of abilities and willing to do about anything Mm -hmm. to help his team out oscar clefbaum's another guy so you know i think the team has a a lot of leaders but he'd be one of those guys he's the cool guy but he's not just the cool guy he's the important guy in the room
0: so there's not that maybe one alpha male like maybe mark messier was um at that point it's kind of shared because Connor mcdavid doesn't strike me and you know, you see him in a different light than yeah. most of us do when you're, when you're traveling, we mostly get the, the sound bites and the right. scrums. And we know he's, uh, doesn't say a lot. And I think he's very guarded. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't v- envision him standing up and given, given a raw, rah speech ever, You know what? maybe I, he'd I, stand up and get upset or something. Right.
1: But. Right. I, I think first of all, Connor's leadership is lead by example. That's right. Yeah. For sure. And that's more than okay. Um. To 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 sort of jog the memories of some of your older listeners or viewers is you know when E. F. Hutton talks people listen right mm-hmm. and I think Connor's the kind of guy that he's not going to stand up at the end of the second period when they're down three one to Vegas with right. this big speech you know he'll pick his moments he'll pick his spots but I I just think and the other thing I think uh, when you watch Connor I I believe his body language is very uh, open to interpretation on, he, he kind of, for all the things he may not say, I think he shows uh, right. when he's on the ice. And so I think his leadership can be shown by his, his actions, sometimes more than his words. Mm-hmm. I think Leon's the kind of guy, if Leon stands up in the room, people are going to listen, you know, and he might be a little more, maybe I'm married German. That's why I think it, but mm-hmm. forceful with his, with his words. Connor maybe. Yeah. I yeah. think Connor's just not the type to, You know, he's always about, he wants to talk about the team always before himself. He always deflects
0: from himself. Always.
1: And so I, but
0: so, and I think to, to be a good leadership group, you can't have all the same Mm -hmm. leaders. It's sometimes frustrating, I think, uh, from a reporter's point of view, trying to do a profile on Connor McDavid and get him to talk about himself. It's just not in his DNA. Yeah, I, I, uh,
1: for all the athletes that I've covered, um, first of all, that's a character trait in, in a lot of them. Their greatness is not something they want to talk about. If you're at the Hockey Hall of Fame and you're getting inducted, sure. of course you've got. I mean, that's you know. And I know sometimes once I joked with him because he he had had uh, was it? I think it was to start last season. He had points and nine straight mm-hmm. goals, and it was a new NHL record. And he answered the question like briefly. And I said, Connor, I'm sorry, this is a National Hockey League record over 100 years old. And I followed it up. And afterwards, I said to him, I said, listen, Connor, I'm not I'm not trying to make you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I said, but this is something that's never been done in the history of the national hockey league. This isn't a three game goal scoring streak. So, you know, I don't want you to feel like I need you to talk about yourself, but there are times with what you do that mm-hmm. you are that story for one or two questions. He goes, no, oh, no, that's okay. That's like, you know, but he just doesn't want to talk about, wow, look at me. Yeah. Wow. Look at me. But you know, what he does on the ice, it's, it's it, impossible it's, not to, it's impossible not to. Right. So, but it's, it's such a humble and listen, if you get to know his parents and I'm not going to suggest that we play bridge with the McDavid's or anything, right. but over the course of these years, uh, I mean, you see it. I mean, his dad is a, is a quiet, humble, um, strong characteristics and his mom is more the easygoing laughing. The first time I met Connor two, t- two times, like I met him at uh, the Ball Diamond, as you know, with the draftees. Right. They go they to baseball. Practice. They do batting practice. So I did an interview with him first time I met him. Cameraman double clicked. It wasn't Corey, by the way. <laughs> so we had to redo it. So I went up to him and he redid it. And about three hours later, we were in line at the hotel. We were separate lines, but about the same. And uh, I had to change my key, and he had to do something. And. I said, no, you go ahead. And you're like the first overall pick here tomorrow night. So why don't I let you go? And because Edmonton's going to draft you and I probably want to make some inroads here. And he's like, no, no, you go. I'm like, no, Connor, you go. No, no, you go. You go first. You go like, and I know it's some people I'm like, oh, it's kind of a silly thing. But I thought, here's this 18 year old who I gave three or four opportunities to go in front of me. Wouldn't. And he's he wouldn't go. He, he was like, basically, until you go, I'm not going. Mm-hmm. So. Does that make him a huge, great leader in the world of hockey? No, but it tells you a little bit about his upbringing mm-hmm. and his roots and his background. And I, I think we see that in him. I notice when I see him after a game, he goes to his mom, of course, you know, and, you know, hugs and kisses and hello. And then he sidles up to his dad and it's a maybe little talk more, hockey, maybe. yeah, a little more like, I think a, a father can be, uh, your friend, your dad, uh, you know, your sounding board, it can be a lot of different things. And so I, I, so I like the way Connor is and the fact that I'd rather have him talk less about himself than talk too much about himself.
0: Yeah, well, that's the hockey way too, right? Right. A a hockey player seem a little bit more um, humble and things like that. And I, I always say, wow, I couldn't believe Connor McDavid surprised me again, like with the Morgan Riley move yeah. <laughs> and then you hear a story about him opting out of major knee surgery that could have changed yeah. his career. The story that uh, came out recently and, uh, they went the other way, which yeah. was probably a lot harder and a lot riskier, but mm-hmm. you know, looks like it's paid off. I mean, it, it, this just amazes me even more that he has the maturity to say, listen, all this stuff going on with my knee and surgery could have a major impact. I'm going to take a chance on this. I'm going to bet on myself. Uh,
1: I, it, it further proof. He's not human. I mean, <laughs> you know, to think of what he had in front of him and I I got wind of this situation and this, uh, Sportsnet special, uh, a little bit in advance. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about the seriousness of the injury. I just knew that, that this was going to be coming out soon around the all-star weekend and, uh. I couldn't believe it. I mean, you know, I, I just, and, and I, I don't know how they kept it so
0: quiet in this day and age. It's a, that's the most amazing part, well, isn't
1: it? Well, it is. And I think that just shows you the kind of guy Connor is like, you know, when I was, I was getting ready to interview him somewhere after that, the trip to Toronto where they were there for four days. Right. And I said, so when you're in Toronto for that, this is just us talking, right? I said, uh, when you're in Toronto for that many days, do you start to sort of get to the, from your best friends to your cousins and uncles, yeah. you start to go to your high school, junior high buddies. Goes no, I basically I stay still within my my group. I'm not, team. you know, the guy who's in grade six. that called me and said, "Hey, do you want to go for coffee or get a bite to eat?" Chances are, no. He's got his that's hockey an off season thing. He's got his off ice team, and that's just the way he is. And I I think that. You know, I, I, and I hope I'm not knock on wood. I hope I'm not jinxing him, but I think Connor McDavid, as long as he's in the NHL, we're not going to hear or read or see any stories.
0: Well, what have you ever heard negative about Sidney Crosby? Totally.
1: And he's, he's an incredible role model for all the the comparisons between the two on the ice and who's better. And, you know, I mean, Sidney does it right. And I know when Pittsburgh was here just before Christmas, he was still injured at that time. And, um he was supposed to go see a little girl in the hospital when the team made their hospital visits here uh, in uh,
0: Pittsburgh. Okay.
1: So he was supposed to go see this, this group of kids and in particular one girl, but he was rehabbing and couldn't go. So he ended up going while the team was in Edmonton. He went, he took her out to a movie and I'm just like, okay, that's a well brought up young man. And it just, you know, to me, if I'm, if I'm his dad or mom, i love what he's doing sure it's great he's making all that money but that would fill my heart with pride to know that mm-hmm. my son is doing these things not for attention but just to to help out a, a little girl who's sick and not feeling well and could use a boost
0: all right a little just uh, straight hockey talk about this uh, team in general there's been some really great things this year there's been uh low points but not as many low points as the first half of last year or or years past what do you think the biggest difference is? And and that might be hard because there's a new GM, there's a yeah. new coach, there's a new lo- player in James Neal, there's a new goalie in Mike yeah. Smith. There's a lot of new to mm-hmm. this team. But why do you think it's working as well as it has been? Well, I'll start with the,
1: the GM and the coach. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, Ken came in and, and, you know, he traded Milan Lucic, which was a big move for James Neal, as you mentioned, and James has fit in. And I think by the time this season's over, he's going to have... You know, 25, maybe 30 goals, hard to, hard to predict for sure. Um, I, I like that Ken went out and hired Dave Tippett. I, I felt like when I saw Dave Tippett and Ken Holland sitting at a table to announce the hiring of the new head coach, the Edmonton Oilers, Oilers fans just went, oh, okay, we got two guys that are proven track records, and this makes me feel comfortable where things are going. I think Dave instituted uh, defense will help. And will allow us to score. I think that's one of the hardest things. I still don't believe it.
0: To convince people.
1: Convince mm-hmm. people that if you play defense, it's going to lead to offense.
0: Cause they always think, no, I got to be the going the other way all right. the time. Like uh, cherry picking or something. Right.
1: It, and it, it, you know, I mean, I could, I've coached, I've played sports. I'm thinking, I never believed that, but it's true. It's true right mm-hmm. now, the way they're playing defense. Good
0: defense creates turnovers you go the other way example and so
1: it's it's work so i love what dave's done i like what ken's done tinkering having certain you know um restraints um so they did their part then the team has come back connor's been incredible leon's been incredible Uh, you know i i think we're gonna have to point to steadiness on the blue line and goaltending because Last year, Leon potted fifty goals and Connor had one hundred and sixteen points, and it didn't take and them. And they were to still the fishing pucks
0: out of the back of their net. Right.
1: So I, the firm belief, and I think that these players understand that, yeah, if we take care of one end, we'll be able to take care of the other. And I, I just think that the goaltending has been solid. Even if a, one of them goes in a bit of a dip, the other one picks them up. Mm-hmm. And whether it's the two on two off, like they did earlier, whether a guy gets on a run. Um, that's working. The blue line, uh, you know, Adam Larson gets hurt early. Matt Benning gets hurt a little later, but here comes Ethan Bear. Here comes Caleb Jones. Here comes Oscar Cloughbaum. Who's playing like either is a number one defenseman or pretty darn close. Mm -hmm. So that's taking care of that. And then you got depth score, Josh Archibald.
0: The other day, the other day when he made that pass to McDavid, I had to rewind to see who it was. It was like that sauce pass. That was like a
1: Connor McDavid or Leon
0: Dreisaitl pass,
1: you know, Riley Shan has started to pitch in. I mean, everyone's just like, we all have roles. And if you can, and I think that's what Dave has done. And it's not reinventing anything, but I think he's given guys, this is your role. These are the things I want you to do. If you do anything outside of that, that's a bonus. But if you can do these things, I'm covered. You, this is what I need mm-hmm. covered. And, and listen, who doesn't like to win? Especially some of these guys that have been around for a little while. The losing has gotten old fast. And I mean, you got two top point getters, you got a playoff position, in the offering potentially, and you've got a team that really gets along. So, so far, so good heading into, you know, the final, you know, one third of the season.
0: And you have a battle of Alberta again. Oh my goodness. Like, I don't know how you guys managed to, uh, finagle this so that the rematch yes. of this is the first game after the break on Sportsnet. Bring Nation- it on. It's a, I think it's a national game, Yeah, is I, th- it?
1: I think they've, I, th- I, if I'm not mistaken, and I'll, I'll find out after the break, but I think they've turned what was more of a kind of regional Why broadcast they, right? into a, a national one.
0: So let's talk about it. Uh, that, that first game was, uh, Hockey Night in Canada, yeah. Saturday night game. And, um, I, I, I guess you, I, you don't get a whole lot of chance to give your opinion on I the don't. broadcast. So let's hear it from me. Yeah. What did you think of,
1: uh, Kachuk Cassian? Well, it was interesting because I've, you know, so many people jumped on Twitter and had their opinions and yeah. it, it's a little bit different when, um, You work in a market that has the two teams. So for example, if Edmonton was, this happened against some, Matthew Kikshuk played for Carolina, let's say. That's right. I'm not saying the people in Carolina can't see your work, but it's different when you're standing there out front talking about something. Listen, would I love to, in my opening, have boxing gloves, have a rag and a doll, (laughs) a box of turtles? I'd love to do that. But this goes back to kind of respecting the players in the game. Yeah. And... Also me not wanting to get fired. And I just, you know, it's a tough one because I think if Matthew Kachuk was on the Oilers.
0: People would love him.
1: They would. How would you not? Now, I'm not saying they're going to agree with everything There was a guy
0: like Matthew Kachuk on the Oilers. His name was Ken Lindsman. Yeah, His that's nickname right. was The Rat. The Rat. And people right. loved him. Asa yeah. Tikkanen wasn't the, the nicest player no, either. I know. You, you hate those guys when they're opposition. Right. If Matthew Kachuk was traded for tomorrow, you know how many jerseys would be sold in, in Oilers colors?
1: I agree 100%. You know, and on the other side, so he does what he does. Um, I love Zach Cassian. I love the story of a guy whose life was in a shambles Mm -hmm. and was maybe one drink or one wrong turn or one gathering somewhere, who knows where it could have went. I got nothing but time for this guy. He's worked his way into a a, a father, a husband, and a really well-liked player. I think probably the most well-liked player in his own dressing room. He hits, he fights, he takes care of his teammates. Scores. He scores. He does it all, right? He's a power forward. So it's it's kind of tough because the, the fan in me, I know what mm-hmm. would say. The broadcaster in me is trying to play it a little more even. I mean... Kachuk, I think he's fought seven times, uh, I believe, in his National Hockey League career. One thing I want to check from the old Winnipeg Jets days is I wonder how many times his father Keith, fought yeah. in, in the early part well, of his career. Well, you watched career.
0: Keith. I know. You were in that, yeah. that heyday in, in Winnipeg at Sea Candy, yeah. which yeah, we'll the get old to days, in a bit. Yeah. But um, so, that, that jersey right there?
1: Yeah, I see that. That does, rem- you know, I see, remember... This is-
0: the, the bombers, oh, yeah, the Jets, yeah. the two teams that you covered, and yeah. of course you've been on Hockey Night in Canada, yeah, so Hockey this Night is Canada. laid out for you tonight. I remember today.
1: 27 years to get on Hockey Night in Canada, and the Oilers lost seven one to Chicago. <laughs> I thought, oh, I didn't even get a chance to interview an Oiler. I was very disappointed. Whoa. Luckily, I've had more opportunities. When I look at that Winnipeg Jets jersey, I think of John Paddock crying when the team mm. when the team and uh, Eddie Olczyk. I'm, Eddie bringing, Eddie it back Olchuk, to I'm bringing it back
0: to Winnipeg. Chris King, I remember, was a big part. Yeah. I was in uh, Winnipeg living at that time. Uh, the 900 block of Ingersoll, if you remember Winnipeg, it was the Northern, wasn't the greatest area. Yeah. We were just close to moving out. And basically we just sat there in silence after mm-hmm. the end of that game, when they were doing the rounds and yeah. you know, we were like, oh my goodness, this yeah. is it.
1: Like, yeah, I, I was, I re, I was. I don't i guess lucky broadcast wise i moved the august of 95. oh so you yeah. weren't there so in i just missed yeah, yeah. it because at that point they knew it was the last season right but i got a job in toronto so i i, I was lucky enough to sort of you know right. move on in that way but Cassie and kachuk i think it's great theater and dramatics uh i don't want anyone to get hurt mm-hmm. no matter what happens because uh, I, I, when that starts to happen I, I, get things, people get hurt playing
0: hockey, but I,
1: I just don't want anything
0: Revenge. to happen. I, you yeah. don't want to see another, uh, Todd Bertuzzi incident, We definitely
1: right? don't want that. Uh, but I got to tell you, I love Zach as long as the summer day in Edmonton. I mean, I just, I just look at that guy and I, I just got so much respect for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he's also very scary, like. <laughs> I know there's, he tough guys ra- eyes going. there's tough guys around the yeah. league, don't get me wrong, but he may have the scariest eyes in the National yeah. Hockey League. When he looks at you with that, and I'm just like, well, I'm good. You know, yeah, I'm uh, good. okay, whatever no, on, I, I'm Cass, my you want, Mr. say. I might turtle too. I'm not, know. I'm not sure. Hey, listen, I, that's why I, I've, uh, for the amount of, fi- I haven't been in a fight since grade five, so I'm not one to suggest what a guy should or shouldn't do. You know, there's, there's not even the code, but there's a certain amount of respect that Uh players want to have for each other. So I think if they're adhering to that, but I tell you what, it makes for a great battle of Alberta. I mean, everyone and anyone is going to be watching that to see, to see if anything, if anything happens or not, I I actually lost it. I lost it to Vince Romano and I ended up, I don't remember how, but I had a lump on my like chin area. So I was 0 for 1 and I stopped there. I, I retired at that point. Vince Romano? Yeah. Sounds
0: like it could have been a wrestling name. Like that's, yeah, like, yeah, a, yeah, that's yeah. like a, it's like a yeah. good wrestling name. Yeah. Already. I
1: subsequently have seen him many times, you know, with no soccer and, no, no fights, okay, no fights, I good. might win it this time. I'm not sure I'm <laughs> bigger than Vince All now, right. but,
0: uh, back the, then he won. The quotes that came out, uh, after that, I mean, Leon Dreisaitl saying, yeah. I might, I'm not yeah, going to play with just, him. Like yeah, lead, yeah, I just, I'd... I just love it. Uh, now. Oftentimes this is built up and there's nothing there, right? This doesn't seem to be the case. This seems like, you know, Cassian got suspended for two games and, you know, depending on who you talk to, the flames might've said something to Matthew Kachuk about this. So this seems like there's going to be a resolution in some way, whether it's just a fight or something.
1: Yeah. I, I, you know, people believe that if Matthew lines up beside Zach and just drops the gloves, this will all go away. Possibly. But if in the second period he hits someone like he hit Zach, mm-hmm. it's coming right back. So I, I don't, you know, people have different theories. I, I don't think it's going to be as uh, explosive. As we think. As we think. But I also don't think it's going to be as tame where, oh, you know, there's all this talking and then nothing happens. I think there's going to be a middle area and it may depend on the officials as to whether it goes more to explosive or more to tame. But I, I just can't believe that 60 or 65 well if it goes into overtime i don't think anything will happen but Mm -hmm. in that 60 minutes i can't see something not happening big hits possible fights you know i don't know i'm not suggesting a line brawl i mean i i don't know what will happen but i think something will but then they turn around and play what three days later again like this is you know we waited all this time to see these two teams play and now they're playing and listen you know give matthew Credit might not be the word, but... Kudos. Kudos. uh, Mm. Something. Give them something for helping ignite, but give something more to Zach. Listen, I've seen many players suspended. I've seen many players talk after being suspended.
0: Steve Downey and Rafi Torres were getting suspended for those hits when they first started cracking down. I don't know why that hit is now okay.
1: I I, I don't know about that. And I think, you know, uh, when Zach said, well, George Peros told me those hits are okay. Speaking of the eyes... He's kind of going, oh, okay, so now I know what's okay. But Zach, after he got suspended, didn't back up. I love, Mark Spector said, would you do anything over different? No. I was just like, oh, wow. Like most 99% of the guys go, well, you know, maybe I over, whatever they would say, not Zach. He believes in what he believes in. And so he's going to tell people
0: that. First battle of first meaningful battle of Alberta games in 30 years. Wow, it's been a long
1: like, time. You, know, you go
0: back to 1990, early yeah. 90s, uh, like because either the Oilers were good, right? The Flames were good. They both weren't good. Yeah. Now they're battling for a playoff spot. What do you think? A playoff matchup oh. would be like. I, right. It almost happened in 06. Yeah, remember? remember, everybody thought the yeah. was it the Ducks the that Ducks. were done. Yeah,
1: they were. Uh, yeah, and Ron
0: Wilson was even like, everybody's counting us out, looking yeah. for the Battle and of then, Alberta,
1: right? And then they came back. They and it, it, yeah, and it avoided the. What conference do you think it'd be vital. like? I, I mean, I think it would be like in the social media age. It might oh, be nuts. You know what, uh, Dean? That's a great way to put it. I mean, if we thought. The battles back in the 80s were nuts. Now add to what... I mean, you already see all the stuff that's gone on just off of Matthew Kachuk and Zach and all the stuff on social media. I can't believe how many creative people are out there who spend the time and effort on, on kind of memes and gifts and everything. I mean, I just laugh. I can't, I, it's incredible to me. Oilers
0: nation started selling uh, a red turtle. Uh, Like it just, you know what? And that's creating money for charity. Uh, The billboard, I think that, uh, they were going to put, I don't know if it is up. No,
1: I think they're supposed to go up right close to the twenty. But that's
0: also going to get some money for charity. So this is all, at least something good is going to come out of it. And we've revamped the battle of Alberta. There are probably hockey fans that are going to start watching the Oilers and Flames again because they were sick of it before. I think this is, as you mentioned, as long as nobody gets hurt, this is a really good thing for the game.
1: Yeah. And I, I got it. It's funny cause you, you kind of forget, oh yeah, right. They're tied in points and yeah. we're try- like, oh yeah, right. When we're focusing on Zach and Matthew, but I, I think it, it should be great theater. Uh, and usually in theater, unless you break a leg, literally there's no damage. So let's right. just hope everyone kind of gets out of it safe and sound.
0: Okay. So. The first time I really knew who you were was, uh, working, you working at CKND with my brother. Um, and, and just fast forward a bit. This is how nice of a person were you were in a channel, I sent you a tape and then I phoned you, you answered the phone in a movie to talk to me about my tape. I mean, Uh... no offense, but most other guys are just saying, I'm not talking to this guy about this, I'm watching a movie, but that's how, how great you were. Um, you always were helpful to me who helped you, uh, in, in, on your way out.
1: That's a good question. I, I think that, um, you know, I'm going to kind of start at the, at the, at the beginning or at the back end, but I remember being in Lethbridge, uh, and Derek DeBolt who worked at global TV for a while, Derek saw something in me, allowed me to get hired in, in Lethbridge. And it was the summer of 1990 when I started in sports full time. So that's, well, pushing 30 years now, I mm-hmm. guess, coming up to 30 years. And then when I went to Winnipeg and Joe Piscucci, who was both your brother's boss and my boss, Joe really had, I thought Joe had a great eye for talent. Not in the sense I was a great talent, but he had an eye for taking someone and then molding them and helping them get mm-hmm. better. Um, you know, and then I look at guys that I've worked at, Larry Isaac, the producer in the truck, uh, you know, Don Metz. I've had so many people help me along the way. So now at, at almost 53 in the, the, the back six, I guess, maybe not the back nine, but the back six of my broadcasting mm-hmm. career, I really feel it's important to help people, um, to give them a push, to give them a boost, to answer their phone calls during a movie, to <laughs> answer their emails, to respond to their tweets. Mm-hmm. Cause there's so many people that helped me get to where I am that now it's about helping others get to where they want to get, and it takes a lot of people mm-hmm. to be successful, uh, to help you along the way. If you're not a Connor McDavid talent, and even Connor had people
0: along the way,
1: mm-hmm. it, just someone has to listen to you, has to watch your. There's tape. no
0: draft for broadcasters right. to come out and say this That's is right. the number one broadcasting. Yeah, prospect, yeah. Right? There's
1: no teams that go, okay, he's our property. Right, you yeah. you've got to work for it, and uh, so I, I've been lucky. Um, you know, I've mixed some hard work, some skill, lots of luck um, and maybe a a dash of niceness, uh, into this formula that's, that's work for me. And so now I always, even with my own kids, I say, it's your time now. Mm -hmm. It's your time to, to find out what you want to be, how you want to get there. And once you're there, how you're going to succeed. And so I, I really, I, I'm a big fan of helping out people. Um, and I, I mostly, no, you know, no welders are coming to me or plumbers. Mm-hmm. I get broadcast kids, right? So there, sometimes they'll go, oh, thanks for, you know, I, I didn't think you would, that's what I should be doing. Right. I shouldn't be avoiding you. I shouldn't be not calling you back. I should not be emailing you back. I should be helping you out, you know, so that one day somewhere down the road, I might meet you somewhere and you go, remember back in 2012, I called you, I was at Nate, mm-hmm. and now you're working at, wherever. So yeah, I want to try and give back
0: and help people out. Well, it's a, it's definitely a changing business as Mm, evidence of what I'm doing here, as opposed to, uh, uh, television and and radio of my past. So what advice would you give someone today? I mean, I, I remember the days grinding away, Mm -hmm. making VHS tapes uh, in the boardroom of, 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 uh, the, the CKX building in Brandon, like the cleaning lady would let me in to use the VHS and you know, you'd make your 10 yeah. tapes and you'd send them send out them to Gene or yeah. send them out. Well, CKX is no longer there. Yeah, RDTV is no longer there. The first two stations I worked at Jeez, in television are, are gone. gone. Um, I don't know where kids out of school go to these days, yeah. uh, because I was always told you don't start in a major market. So what would your be advice? Mm. We still need broadcasters, yeah. but just, there doesn't seem to be as many jobs.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things I have always said to these young kids or older adults, depending who it is. Just get that first job, get that first job, whatever it is, wherever it is. Take anything. Just take anything. And I found. You uh,
0: started in news. I started in news. We both wanted to do sports, but you had to get your foot in the door. You had to
1: get your foot in the door. I've, I've gone to school and seen some very creative, talented people who wanted to start in a major market and it just wasn't there for them and before you knew it, they were no longer doing it because they couldn't break through instead of going geographically and size wise backwards but getting a chance to do many things along the way like you did mm. to get you into Edmonton, just mm. like you did. I, I, I just think, you know, I always say, listen and learn. Like when you get going on something, if you want some advice, then listen to that advice and take that advice and take out of it what, what you want. But for me, along the way I did, uh, you know, as much as we talk for a living, you know, my brother-in-law always says, uh, I can't remember how he words it, but there's a reason God gave you two ears and one mouth, Right. And while, right. and while that's simple, kind of true, right? That means you should be listening in theory twice as much as you're yeah. talking. And there's so much to be learned by listening. And so I, I, I like that. Also, this isn't something that we needed to do, even though you're younger than me, be very diversified. We mm-hmm. didn't have to, we could kind of find a a niche, an area and go that route and it would carry us to where it carried right. us. Nowadays, that's, that's a little bit, It's a little bit different um so i would say just be open-minded but i really i've been saying this for almost 33 years that i've been in broadcasting is just get that first job Mm -hmm. anywhere anyhow and then you can go you got something on your resume or i guess it's a link now to your resume and then you can work from there at your own Mm -hmm. pace if you're in a rush you can try and push it see if you can you know accomplish i always when i got out of school at 20 i wanted to be in toronto by 25 yeah I didn't get there. I got there at 28, but I That's got there. That's pretty good, yeah. But, you know, I so I didn't achieve my goal, but I did a little yeah. bit later, right? So you set your goals. just be, and, and just about, I remember being in Lethbridge for three years going, I can't get a job. I can't get out of here. I felt like you know? I was
0: in Brandon and Red Deer forever. And, so, and at times wanted to quit because I'm never getting out of there. Right,
1: right. Just, you know, I, I think that sometimes that, you know, before you know it, something that seems to have lasted so long uh, ends, And then when you look back, you go, you know what? I actually learned a lot yeah. being there. Maybe I needed to be there for those two, three years, whatever it was. But I, I got lots of time for up and coming. You know, I, I can't really help too many directors and technicians, mm-hmm. but I got lots of time for up and coming broadcasters who, who, you know, one day might be on a podcast and someone says to them, Hey, who'd you grow up watching and liking? Maybe it's yeah. Gene Princeby or Dean Millard or Ryan Rashog or you know, I'm going to pick Brian Mudrick or, you know, pick, you know, pick, pick a guy. Or in my case, I mentioned, you know, Howard
0: Cosell, Ron
1: McLean. So yeah, that would be, that would be nice because that's what we should do. Well, for me,
0: it was you and Darren. Yeah. Literally, I thought I'm going to get into broadcasting and I'm going to go work on Sports (laughs) Line. And those shows don't exist anymore. You know, I I got to host one in Regina and at times in, in Edmonton when I, when I first moved here, Mm -hmm. but that half hour show was so great. And how I got to know you was. And I don't, this is, this is how technology worked back in the day. You guys would give a trivia question, yeah. throw it a break. And then you guys were we physically taking the calls ball. and I would call in and the answer would be who scored the game winning goal in the 1970 Stanley cup. Yeah. And Darren would be like sports line trivia. And I'd be like, silken Lauman. <laughs> and Darren would say, shut up and quit calling. Yeah. And you would say, Keep calling. I like this because it got there and mad. So that's how I got to know you, like fake trivia answers. Me and my buddies thought it was hilarious. My parents literally said, stop calling your brother. This is his job.
1: (laughs) I remember those days and it's true. We'd come on the show, we'd have like three different video headlines we come on and kind of set the table. Here's what we got coming up. But first, before we go to break, here's sports line trivia yeah. question. We go to break and the phone, your brother and I would be sitting beside each other. We'd <laughs> so have a little stool weird. or table yeah. with a phone and we just go, okay, who's going to answer? And I would take one or he would take yeah. one. And we just go, that's how we answered yeah. the phone. And that's how we got our trivia answers. And I remember, go, who's that? And he goes, that's my brother, it's <laughs> Dean, my brother, Dean. And I always thought that was great. And I mean, you know, I, not to get too, I never had a brother. Mm-hmm. I had one sister and I just. I could have given you one of mine. <laughs> I could. Yeah, you're yeah. right. I could have borrowed one. Yeah. I just thought it was kind of neat that, uh, that you know, you were watching, that you were calling in, that you were kind of pissing them off too. Yeah. I thought the whole. But that's how I learned. I was
0: studying. I'm like, these guys are the best. Like yeah. this, there was so much funny stuff. F- first of all, when Joe would throw to Barry Burns, yeah. uh, rest in peace, Barry, yeah. it was tape. Barry's things, with, and I would always love it because Joe would be like, Let's go back to Barry Burns for the news update. Barry, sorry we let the air out of your tires, and Barry would be like, "Thanks, Thanks Joe." Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I know because
1: that like, was would tape, Joe ever yeah. get
0: in trouble for I, that? I know, though I that, was that was great. Hilarious. You know,
1: that was a time where, well, the world was different, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's it, the world is better in many ways now, but it's also more sensitive. We have to be very careful what mm-hmm. we do and what we say and how we treat people, and that's that's appropriate. Um, but back then, like it was, uh, just a a kind of a license to almost do whatever you want. And when you do whatever you want, just like with your parents, sometimes you get in trouble. Um, but it was such a ability to be creative. And, uh, I just really enjoyed the chance to to be entertaining or try to be entertaining with sports. And so it's, you know, and I look at that and I started there in 1992. So we're, you know, 28 years ago and I'm still kind of doing what we were able to do and learned off Joe and off your brother. And here we are still having the same kind of fun.
0: I honestly think you and Darren are the two favorite. um, I I really like Michael Landsberg and the one guy that he was on with at one point on TSN, I can't remember. His name, but you and Darren, I thought had such great chemistry and I'm not blowing smoke up yeah. your butt here. I mean, the time you guys, I think it was Michelle Goulet had it a concussion was, yeah. and you guys wore a helmet <laughs> to clean the studio and yeah. what, did you whack I Darren? I whacked him on the, yeah, there was
1: some kind of a, uh, not a survey, but like, uh, information had come out, uh, about uh, helmet, safety? About helmet yeah. safety, you know, and, uh, back then those helmets had very, they kind of had the plastic and that, that was, was it, about yeah. it. So we had, and then we said, okay, what are we going to do? And we just talked amongst, she talked amongst each other and we came up with this and, and Darren was like spray cleaning the desk and wiping it. And I brought up a stick and I just whacked <laughs> him on the back of the head, you know? And you know, it was, I it think was he great. still has a concussion
0: from that, seriously. <laughs> He's not out of yeah. protocol yet. But it was, cra- it was yeah. so funny.
1: Yeah. And you think of doing that back in the like early to mid nineties, it's a long long time ago and, and you know there are some people who still maybe not doing that exactly but that mm-hmm. kind of stuff and so I miss you know uh, one of the things I miss I I kind of work I don't work alone I work with guys like Kevin Quinn and Drew Ramenda mm-hmm. and Louis DeBrusque all great guys and great broadcasters those are the sort of three main guys I work with um, for Sportsnet um, I get to work a lot with Mark Spector and I enjoy that and appreciate that but generally when I'm doing my openings and stuff I'm I'm by myself. So mm-hmm. I kind of miss that, that back and forth that
0: you, you well, have the with a partner. was so good between you guys. Yeah, like you yeah. got, you know, you guys were roommates, uh, yeah, you guys, but yeah. you know, we became pretty good oh, friends. yeah.
1: Yeah. And here we are still, you know, yeah. to this day. So yeah, you know, broadcasting has allowed me to accomplish, you know, a lot of things. Um, you get to go to these places and, you know, I, I covered this or whatever, whatever you want to say, but you know, it's the people, like people say worst and best part. And Sometimes when the kids were younger, the travel was mm-hmm. the worst part because you're missing out on a lot of your kids. But always the best part has been just the amount of people I've met and not just the athletes that I've met or interviewed, but just the people that I've met along the way. It's... It's been fantastic. I hope I can squeeze out another, mm-hmm. you know, 10 or so years. I think you're I, good. I hope so. You your, know, your uh, hair is
0: going t- to, to uh, stand the test of time. time. That's yeah, for it's, sure. It's not going
1: anywhere and hopefully neither am
0: I. Yeah. Okay. So I want to just end on this. I want to set the scene for you. It's like 19, uh, mid nineties. You're doing a sea candy half hour show. Larry Walker hits a home run. Oh yeah. What's your line?
1: Well, I would say you can. Butter that one,
0: it is toast. I love it. Oh. I, I love that. I actually, I think I, when I applied for a job at A Channel one time, I think I used that line trying to curry favor with you. You know I, what? Uh, I love that line. Um, I don't get to use
1: it anymore. No, you know, it doesn't really work in hockey, but when I was doing, uh, the sports 25 or so years ago for a home run, I just, you know, it's, it's a very simple yeah. thing. But boy, I just always, it was my personal. And then you could, re- you can butter that yeah. one. It is like, you can really hit it as hard as you want, right? The bigger the home run. Yes. You know, if it's a playoff series or World Series compared to uh, June 28 yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of my my own personal favorite that unfortunately has kind of been put
0: on the shelf and I don't get to use. So thank you for letting it come back out. Uh, Thank you for spending some time Mm -hmm. with me out here, Gene. You've always been a a good friend. Even, you know, when I first left Global and I wasn't telling anybody what was going on, you would just call and say, I don't care. I just want to check in. Uh, You've always checked in with our family. Um, I, I, thought you spoke so passionately about your mother, uh, at, at her, uh, service. So you've always been a great friend to me and I really appreciate you taking the time to, to come out here and help me yeah. in the podcast alley. Anytime. Gene Principe of Rogers Sportsnet on Sports and More, the podcast. <laughs>
1: This is the Sports and More podcast with Dean Millard. Got nothing to drink.
0: Uh, that was such a fun conversation with, uh, Gene Principe, uh, seriously. The nicest guy I've ever met in media. He's just absolutely awesome. Okay. So we were uh, up for grabs. We told you before that you can get a uh, gift card, uh, from Acme meat market. Just for participating. That's what we're doing now. So we have a gift card up for grabs. You can use it at their beautiful shop in the Richie Market, 9570, 76th Avenue. Check out their website, acmemeatmarket.ca. Since 1921, and their butcher man, the main guy, at Corey the Butcher, which is his Twitter handle, he's going to the World Butchers Challenge in September of 2020. So basically, you're uh, getting it from the Marc Messier of butchers. So here's the trivia question, where you can get your hands on a gift card. Uh, from Acme Meat Market. What was Gene's catchphrase when he was a sports anchor and a home run was hit? What was his catchphrase, we just talked about it, that he would use when somebody smacked a home run? Hit us up, Pod at gmail.com. That is uh, sportsandmorepod at gmail.com or get us uh, at duckmillard or any of our other uh, social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, and so on. That's going to wrap things up. Big thanks to uh, Gene Principe, who joined the program today and uh, had a lot of fun uh, sharing some stories. Really appreciate Gene's time. If you would like to be a part of the show, please let me know as an advertiser if you think you'd make a good guest. Drop me a line at sportsandmorepod at gmail.com. That's sportsandmorepod at gmail.com. We have lots of good opportunities coming up for uh, advertisers, especially with the uh, video production now. Uh, Please enjoy the show. I hope you did. Please subscribe if you do and leave us a review. It is really, really important uh, for us to know how to make this show a lot better. All right. Signing off from the marsh at Podcast Alley. This has been Sports and More. Big thanks to Gene Principe of Roger Sportsnet. Playtime is over.